Hi, welcome back to another episode of the Heart Square podcast. In this particular episode, we spoke to Helen and Billy from Heart Square, who are two of our senior business change consultants. And as you will hear, they have a whole wealth of experience and knowledge to talk to us um, on today's topic, which is leading your project team to success. Yeah, it'd be good to hear what they've got to say. As you say, they're really experienced with a, a, across our range of projects, really. Um, although I think today the focus is really going to be around our implementations, you know, implementation of various technologies, because that's the one where the core kind of project team um, or, or bigger project team may come together. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to hear what they've got to say about that, their experience of building those teams and actually of how we as HeartSquare integrate into those teams. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. So that's enough from us. So without further ado, we'll get into the episode. Hi, Helen and Billy. It's really great to have you join us on another podcast episode. So thank you for joining us today. Um, as you know, we're going to have a bit of a chat around leading your digital project team to success. Uh, but before we get into the topic, um, I hope you could just give a quick intro into yourselves um, and your role here at HeartSquare for anybody who doesn't already know. Um, if I could start with you, Helen, please. Thanks, Ellie. Yes, I'm Helen, Helen McGrann. I'm a senior business change consultant at HeartSquare, um, currently working on um, a large implementation for a trade union and um, assisting another another client with their data migration a stream of work and um, working with another client, helping them to devise um, an IT strategy. I'm going to plan to hold a workshop with them shortly. So a real mix of, of projects that I'm working on at the moment. Great. Thanks. And Billy? Hi, yeah, uh, I'm Billy, um, a senior business change consultant here at HeartSquare as well. Um, I'm working on a large implementation um, of the national charity to implement a new CRM um, and also working with a membership body uh, providing sort of project support, a number of projects. Um, yeah, so similar to Helen, lots of variety um, in the role. Brilliant. Thanks, Billy um, and Helen. Yeah, uh, as Ellie said, thanks for joining us today. Do appreciate it. And uh, as you you know, we're going to talk about leading your uh, leading your digital project team, um, building successful teams. So maybe can we start with talking about or with you giving us your view really on the key roles that you need within a project team, like when you're looking to build a project team, uh, the roles and the people that you're uh, hoping to have included. Alan, did you want to pick that on up to start with? Yes, sure. Thanks, Rob. Yeah. So um, first and foremost, you need um, a project lead. Sometimes we call it a client lead or a project lead. It's someone who is going to be your main point of contact as, as, as the, the project manager. You need a main point of, of contact to, to refer to, to work with, uh, to work with on, on, on the, and throughout the implementation. Um, so this person needs to be um, very um, can do really. They need to be empowered to make decisions. It's 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 a lot of work and effort. So they they need to be. Uh, focused and have the time to, to deliver. They'll have strong knowledge of how the business works. Um, and um, yeah, they need to be a champion of the project as well. That's really important that they are actually in um, favour, you know, they really want this project to work. Um, Billy, what, what would you what would you say to that? Yeah, I agree. I think um, it's, it's, in, it's the most important role, I think, within that um, team and like you say yeah be client lead project lead product owner even um but i think it's really important at the outset that we build a very strong working relationship um with them they're sort of our equivalents in the organization 
Um, and I think it's also really important that, that you know, the reason we have a project lead on the client side is, is that, you know, in terms of that decision making process within the project for the organisation. So I think that's a, a real important distinction between what we bring to the project and why we always need that project lead and that client or that client lead um, as well. I think a couple of other key roles I would say you would need in the project team um, is uh, typically we have a data owner so um, or a data lead. So this would be uh, an individual in the organisation has a, a strong knowledge of data. So this is when we're talking about an implementation project when you've chosen your uh, partner and you've chosen your new CRM. Um, you, and we would have someone in that team working specifically on data who knows the data inside out um, and can provide that sort of link to the, the uh, tech partner as well and can really help shape how that data uh, migration will work. Um, and then another key role that we would like to see on a, on a project team um, is a subject matter expert or SMEs. Um, and usually, again, this would be in a couple of key areas. And again, it's those sort of business leads who know the, their key areas. So typically, you know, a fundraising or membership lead that we would have. And then depending on the size of the projects in the organisation, we might have other key functional areas on that team. Um, I think those, those are sort of the key roles that we would expect within the team. And it will depend on the size of the project um, and the size of the organisation, depending on how large that project team might be. Is there anything else, Helen, you think? Yeah, I think um, if you're lucky and if you have, if the client has, um, has has the resources for that, it's good to have a, a, a project administrator or project coordinator, someone who can help with um, logistics of things like, you know, sending out meeting invites, perhaps, or, you know, finding the right dates for meetings, finding meeting rooms, um, sending out communications to, to people. So, um, and perhaps do... Uh, some of some of the other sort of, sort of smaller tasks to to help along with the project it can, can be good experience for uh, somebody sometimes it can be more of a junior role but it can be good exposure for somebody and and over time i've seen it on other projects where they someone's really really developed to that really um um you know done well in that role and they've been able to develop and take on a, a bigger role going forward so that can be quite a nice nice thing to see as well so i think that the thing is uh Billy, isn't it? You, you know, you, it's it's all hands on deck. So the more people you can get, yeah. the better, quite frankly, because it's it's um, people always under clients always underestimate how much time this project, these, yeah. these types of CRM or a website it could be a website implementation as well, couldn't it? That the amount of time that they take. So the more more hands that we can get, it, the, the we're lucky to be able to um, get on board, the better. Yeah, and I think actually on that point, like having that coordinator person is actually probably one of the most important parts of any projects because you know people's diaries are very busy you know getting rooms for for demonstrations for example I think actually that's a, a really almost underrated part of any project team mm. is that coordinator who can help us because obviously we don't have always access to people's diaries or key key things so I think actually that is a really important role for someone to fulfill on a team mm -hmm. and I think one final point it probably doesn't sit within the project team but a key role that we would expect again on the client side is a project sponsor uh, they may attend a team meeting from time to time, depending on the structure, but they would fulfill that sort of escalation point for, for the project lead internally, but also for us as well, um, working with them. And there would be probably someone more at that sort of director executive level who sort of have oversight of the project, but probably wouldn't be too much in the weeds. But again, really important to distinct between the lead and the sponsor and always keeping them separate. You know, even in a small organisation is really important for that sort of escalation. Yeah. That's that's a really good point, Billy. And um, you know, ideally, you want the project lead to to have a good relationship with the sponsor as well, because that that you know helps smooth things along. 
and um, and and for that for the project lead to have access to that to that sponsor, um, so that we can get decisions made um, when we need to. Rob, what are your thoughts? Yeah, and I think that's a really good point about the like say about the project sponsor as part of the overall kind of governance structure that you'd put in place. But it is um, and the project sponsor; it's their relationship with the project lead is that kind of key connection actually between a sort of project board and a project team as well, isn't it? So right to kind of highlight that. Um, what I was going to just ask about before that actually was that you, you know, that's a really good kind of introduction to the roles that you you see there um, and really helpful. I was wondering then, looking through that list of client side roles, where do, frankly, where do, where do we fit in? You know, if you, you know, you kind of mentioned it in passing at the top around alongside us as a project manager and then list out all the things the other people do. But I think it's of interest to me and, and obviously to, to the listeners really about our role and how we integrate within that team and you know how the what the difference is between the kind of if you like in-house and the consultant external consultant view yeah um yeah that's a good point <laughs> we haven't recovered that yet yeah so um our, our role as as the 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 pm is we are the client's project manager and you know we um effectively you know lead lead those project team meetings so you generally you would have a project team meeting once a week we would lead those team meetings so we're part of the team we would lead them um set set the agenda for them um with the aim of you know driving driving the project forward uh, of course we would collaborate with the project lead and say you know is anything else you want to add to the agenda but this is this is what we're recommending for this week that we need to cover based on where we are at in the project timeline and what the <clears throat> technology partner is telling us um and yeah so we're, so we're part of the team and it's it's really important for, for us as HeartSquare um, consultants that whilst we are part of the team and we're, we are the, the link, the key thing is that we're the link from the project team back to the technology partner. So we are we are part of the team and we're representing the client at all times. But at the same time, it's important that um, we remain, you know, we have a sense of independence of, of the client too, and that, that so that we can step back and be a critical friend, so that we can give them best practice advice or comment constructively if we if we think that perhaps then that you know things might need to change for example or we need to do things differently and we need, we need to be um you know confident and being able to do that so you so there is a little bit of a fine a fine line that you have to tread sometimes in, in order just so that we can be um you know be be that um project expert be that in, independence that that the client wants from us what, what do you say to that billy yeah, no, I think I think that's a really good point. And I think, yeah, ultimately, I think a key thing is that, you know, we are there on their behalf. And I think we have to acknowledge that everyone else in the project team are not solely there for the project. So I think it's it's also understanding that, you know, we are driving this board and that within within that organization, our main role is this project. So we are there to to drive it forward. Um and acknowledging that a lot of other people in the organization who are on the project team probably have a day job as well and are doing that project job so i think that's really important and uh, you know and like like you said driving that project forward um you know making sure we're on top of, of all the actions but also managing the risk of the project as well and managing that project budget and being that key go between between the, the client and ultimately the technology partner and holding both to account yeah so uh, yeah like you say there are lots of uh, strings in your bow isn't there lots of pieces that you need to bring into it um and i guess actually with a i mean i know a team like that would you if you had you know project lead data lead smes 
project coordinator, would that feel like you're being spoiled by the client? Is that only for the bigger clients or is that is that actually roles that you want almost even if some people are overlapping almost, but that's the roles that you actually need to in place for a successful team? Yeah, I, I think so. I think even even on a even in very small organisations where we've worked in the past, I think it's really important to have a project board, have a project lead, um, you know, at, at least one or two SMEs and a data lead, even if maybe one day, even if the SME, you know, is a project lead as well, actually, you know, often a project lead will also be an SME. Um, but I think having those three or four key roles, no matter the size of the organisation, enables us to deliver the project um successfully for the clients we would all, always always encourage for successful projects even if it's a very small team those sort of roles i think are, re- are really critical you know yeah maybe if there's a luxury we could have a comms lead and get lots of smes involved but you know that is maybe more of a luxury for larger organizations than, than smaller ones yeah i think it, it's tricky isn't it because um we are making it sound like it's a little bit of a luxury having all those people but the challenge is if you don't have them those roles are going to have to be performed anyway. And if you end up just having two people doing them, people get burnt out um, and it just takes up, um, you know, too much of their time and they're, they're competing then with their, with their day jobs as well. So, it, you know, it, it, does, it does get very, very tricky because people just run out of time. You know, it, it's you cannot underestimate how much time these projects take up. And there's all there'll always be lots of issues along the way that need that need, you know, fixing, be it, you know, poor quality data new business processes to be talked about, decisions to be made. And um, it, it all, all takes time. So the more the more people you can get on board, the better. Yeah, no, it's interesting. That kind of links to what you, my question kind of links to what you were just saying, Helen, was, you know, you, you could have, a you know, quite a few people involved in your team. But how, my question, I guess, to you is, how can you ensure you get the best out of them? Is it, you know, you say that it takes up a lot of the time. They could be competing priorities in terms of their day job as well. Um, how would you advise or how have you seen done well previously in, in any team that you've been a part of um, where they've been able to get the best out of their team so they can ultimately create a successful project, really? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll start from my hand. Yeah, I think I think it's a good point. I think a, a lot of it is in those those early days of the relationship. I think I think it's really important to build up that that trust in a way, you know, that trust in us that, you know, we are the experts and we're, we're here. We're almost on your side, I think, is a really important thing and acknowledging that people are really busy. So coming up and working collaboratively with them, you know, with a, a strong structure, you know, like regular team meetings, regular updates, you know, understanding when there might be a key events period or a key renewal period for membership. And I think really establishing that base at the start I think it's really important to build up that trust, you know, that we understand them. And I think it is a it's a it's a partnership and we are working collaboratively with with them, but also making them feel comfortable that they can speak up and they can challenge us as well if, if things are not working. So creating a, an environment that is people feel safe, uh, that they can speak up. And I think that's that's really important that, you know, everyone sort of understands that. Um, but, and, you know, there may be times that we do have to challenge back, but I think if you build up that trust and you build up that sort of respect, and I think that they're OK with that. I think, yeah, but I think early days is the most important part in shaping the project team and shaping the relationship we want to have with them. Yes, yeah, I definitely agree. I think other things to think about are, you know, see if you can, you know, you've got to eat, eat the elephant, haven't you? Try and break tasks down, so breaking down in, into small, smaller tasks makes it more more manageable. Um, you know, you, it's important you try and make the task easy for the client by, I don't know, creating a little template or something or a spreadsheet to help them 
collect information or to help them process information better. You're, you know, you're looking to understand people's strengths and weaknesses as well, I think, where people um, are, are best placed. Um, and, and then that helps as well then with, you know, sort of delegating tasks and understanding um, yeah, where, where people's different skill sets lie as well. So I think that, that those sort of points are, are quite important. Yeah, I was just going to jump in on one more point there. I think it's just making people feel valued as well. Like yeah. Helen was saying, just making sure every member of that team feels valued and that yeah we are playing to their strengths I think that's really important sorry Rob no no no, not at all um, no I think that's, that's like you say that's a really important point because people you know you want people to be able to contribute like you talked mm. about it being a safe space people want to my my question was going to be or my point was going to be around um within that it sounds like it's important that you set people's expectations of what what you know what you need them to do from the role yeah. but also in a context of how they catch, can contribute to the success it's not just about do this do this do this it's that helping people understand their position in the bigger picture is that fair so that they understand as a cohesive team coherent team this is where they can contribute so you do the work i suppose do the work up front to help them understand that so that they feel connected and, and important actually from the start yeah, I, th I think absolutely, because I think, yeah, we, you know, we could make assumptions that people understand what a project lead is meant to do and that they might be might be completely something completely different in an organisation to what, what we've known it. And it might vary from from role uh, from organisation to organisation. So, yeah, I think really important in everyone understanding and explaining and being able to sort of clearly process what their role means and come back to us. You know, we can put it in an email, but actually having that conversation and explaining the nuances of it, I think it's important. And we do have the project initiation document as well, don't we? That outlines the the, the, um, the roles and responsibilities of us as a project manager and of then of the, of the, of the client or project lead. So there's that too, to sort of give us that get that structure. And yeah. it, it quickly, as you, as you get into the project, it doesn't take long before, you know, those roles settle, people get used to you know the dynamics of the group don't they of the project team and, and people know um people understand where, where they fit into that so it doesn't take long for the rhythm i think to to, to get into it to it to flow and people know know what they're doing and i always tend to say as well this is so they haven't they haven't done this before we have um i always say there's no such thing as a silly question because you haven't done it before and you know you could be you could have a question there that everyone else has been thinking and but no one else has said it, you know, and sometimes that can be really helpful as well, because they might think of something that you haven't thought of before either or, you know, relating to this project. So it's always worth getting people, everyone's views out on the table. Yeah, no, I can see that. I think it, it plays to the earlier conversation as well, another topic around how we integrate with that team, because you guys, you know, Billy, your point about, you know, we could it, it would be easy to assume that everyone, we talk about project lead, everyone knows what we're talking about. Actually, we know what we're talking about. We know what that entails. Yeah. And our role is to is to explain that and then help whoever's appointed to to, to succeed in what they're doing. Um, and like you say, setting that then team up early on. Yeah. So clearly explaining to them, like say, Alan, picking up from the pit or whatever, maybe running through that with individuals or as a group so that people then do feel safe. They feel comfortable. They know what's expected. If people know what's expected of them, they've got, you know, they're settling into the role quicker, don't they? Um, so again, bringing that expertise because you do this time after time after time whereas most of the people at most of your clients don't yeah is i guess a key part of how you play that into the project team as well 
Yeah, I think almost reassuring people and bringing our experience and lessons learned, I think that's really important. You can tweak things and, you know, from different projects to projects, I've certainly learned, you know, uh, different nuances to that role and how we can communicate that information, especially now as we're still doing, you know, projects, I think forever now will be done in a hybrid way. So I think being able to articulate that clearly through, uh, you know, for an online conversation with one person, I think is really important. Yeah, something I've got sort of picked out where you were saying as well, and it's just, I guess, a question back to you and maybe to flesh out a bit more is, do you find that kind of um, sharing the why that we're doing this is is a key factor to kind of help the team, um, you know, be successful? Um, because as you say, Helen, you said at the top, you know, it can be challenging. It, it does take up a lot of time. And I'm sure people do get tired of, you know, um, you know, of the work that is involved in a project and running alongside their day job. So do you find that that's something, you know, as in is quite important to communicate at the beginning or even at the middle when people are maybe slightly um, flagging a bit? Um, is that something that's important, do you think? In, in terms of um, the why, what the importance of the, the project team? Yeah, yeah. Why, or, yeah. And the projects of, in of itself. Uh, why, why are we doing this, uh, essentially? Yeah. No, that's that's a fair point. I guess I guess by the time we've got to the, this, this point, hopefully they know why why we need to have a project team because they'll have um um we're implementation, so they'll have chosen their technology partner, so um and they'll have bought into the, the you know the vision of the project. So um, I guess it's yeah it's at that point they know why, but I guess it's yeah it's just been really clear then about what the roles the of respective roles and responsibilities are and who's I think that's one of the key things as well is is how will you work with the, the technology partner so I would say you know I'll be the key you know the link between you and the technology partner so obviously you can talk to them anytime you want but it's going to be you know my, my, my role is to make your life easier and so I can I'll, I'll manage that relationship on on your behalf and um, I'm you know my role is to hold the technology partner to, to account as well. And, and, and clients find that reassuring. Sometimes they don't appreciate that. They go, okay, I don't quite realize that. And, and even smaller things like, you know, we'll keep um, we'll keep the, the project. Uh, this is the project documentation we'll keep. This is the budget spreadsheet um, that, that we'll keep as well. And, and they go, okay, we didn't know you were gonna do that. That's really helpful as well. So some, sometimes, again, so some of those things sometimes we might take for granted, they don't necessarily appreciate until you have those sorts of conversations. Do, do you find that, Billy? Yeah, no, I think I think that's a really good point. And I think, yeah, being really clear on the aims and the goals of the projects, even sometimes halfway through the project, actually, and reiterating it is really important. But yeah, like Helen said, and that sort of relationship with the, the technology partner, I think it is, is really critical. But yeah, I think making sure everyone's aware of why the organisation is doing this is really important because sometimes it could flush out if there are potentially people on the project team who may be not pulling in the same direction or maybe have some internal challenges that you know it's good that we're we're made aware of that I think by doing that I think it's easier to spot potentially uh, some challenges that we can then head off yeah and I think if you're um if you're having to work with wider um groups of stakeholders um so in my um implementation um I have uh, working groups as well a staff working group and a members working group as well so um we have to engage with those sometimes so again then we do we definitely do then uh, when we're meeting with those people remind them of the objectives of the project so that they're clear because obviously they're, they've um, 
more remote from the project and we have less frequent engagement with them. So that repetition of what we're doing, why we're doing it is, is really important for those for, um, in those scenarios for those groups that I'm working with. Yeah, I think that's part of it, isn't it? As, as you say, where you are, when you're talking about an implementation, Yes, you've got some of the people probably were involved earlier on, but actually mm -hmm. it is a piece where you widen out and more people in the organisation get involved. So, yeah, uh, going back to just making sure that that vision of why the organisation is going through what is actually a very disruptive piece of work um, is really important at the top, isn't it? As you're scene setting really for the implementation, I think. Um, I was sorry, I was also going to say that the point you make about being kind of being the conduit to the tech partner is I think is really important because that's something where clients tend to just be concerned that they're kind of baffled by you know that the tech partner might try and kind of you know use too many acronyms and that kind of stuff and talk tech speak um, so you almost that kind of translator role I think comes into play at that point doesn't it for you that's yeah I can I can see the nods don't translate yes, that yeah. well to a podcast but, um, yes. but I can see you <laughs> Definitely, yes, uh, to, to break it down. Yeah, and, and certainly on um, my implementation, um, that, that in particular, that breaking down though, that terminology, I did that a lot when we were talking about testing, you know, so, so there's things like a test manager, test scripts and, and all that sort of the UAT here, there and all those. So, so I broke all that down and, and again, and said this, this is what this means in everyday language. And, um, you know, if you want to call it, you don't want to call it a test manager you don't want to call it a test script we can change it if it makes you know if it makes everyone feel happier if it makes it feel less jargon free um so breaking those things down and talking about respect as roles and responsibilities in those areas as well so who you know um with regard to testing what would the technology partner do what does um the project manager do what does the the project lead do what does the smes do so that was a really useful exercise to go through that and they found that really reassuring yeah, and I've um, also recently done a project a glossary of like key terms and like breaking down acronyms. So, you know, like I say, again, it comes back to that assumptions piece of making sure that, you know, we're using things like UAT, which is user acceptance testing. I think it's just been really clear again, being clear with some of the terminology that, like you say, tech partners might use. So, yeah, I've just created a glossary of almost translating some of those key acronyms and different words and meanings so people know, even stuff like discovery, people might. You know, for us, it's it's common nature, but for a lot of other people who've never been involved in a, any sort of project, whether it's a tech project or not, might not understand what that is. So I think our job is, yeah, is almost that sort of that translator piece. And I think the more people we then explain that to, the better buying you're likely to get. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. And in a similar sort of vein, in terms of like you, you know, kind of plugging the gaps and, and being the translator and stuff like that, how do, what about when... You've put this team together and you're working through it. it doesn't matter if it's going through a particular phase like but when you come across a when you identify that there's kind of a knowledge gap or a skills gap or something like that within the team i, I assume i you know, not allowed to assume anything right does that happen and uh, and if so how do you how do you go about kind of addressing that yeah i, th I think yeah i think i think it happens probably on, on most projects i would mm. i would say there's there's depending on the phase of the project depending on 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 where you're at you know uh when name the names but you know i've been through um a process of you know even explaining what a functional specification is and the project team understand their role in signing that off and what does that what does that actually mean in principle if you're uh, you know as a project lead that's quite a big responsibility to sign off a functional specification to say this is the the system that technology partner is going to build um so what i've done is you know sometimes i've created some small videos or done a presentation to sort of try and again explain 
especially if there's a knowledge gap, explain some of, again, some of what these might be for people, scary terms to try and help them that way. But if it's maybe more of a technical uh, deficiency or struggling with the system, they could arrange extra sessions with the technology partner, you know, put in some additional catch ups um, with them to sort of reassure the client. So I mean, there's lots of different ways and means that we can help, but also then we could facilitate, you know, extra training. And I think people are nervous when there's a lot of change involved in a bit new system that people might not have used before. So I think we should always try and build that bit of contingency into a plan around making sure that we do allocate extra time for people uh, where we might need additional support. But hopefully the environment we've created means that people can speak up if they're unsure on on something specific. Helen, I don't know if you've probably come across this as well. Yes, definitely. Yeah, it, yes, as you said, Billy, it, can, it happens on, on nearly every project and it, it they can be quite really tricky conversations and it, and it depends what the what the gap is. Um, and how easily it can be filled. Sometimes it, it might be you just don't have enough people. There are just not enough people to do all the different roles. Um, you know, particularly if you find out, like, like say, you know, data migration, the, you know, the data is worse than you thought and more work is required or more decisions are required around it. Um, so, you, you know, you, you have to try and, you know, see if there's anyone else that can do it or can you get someone in externally, perhaps another external person to do it? Can anyone else be seconded in? Um, so that's a big issue, and, and that might be the point then when you, you where you do need to go to, to the project sponsor at that point and point out um, um, where where these issues are, because then it's a risk to the project. If you don't have enough people or the right people who can deliver at the right time, then that puts the timeline at risk. Um, another scenario I was thinking of um, when I did a, a website implementation, um, the um, the website lead didn't have uh, was concerned that they didn't have the the, the skill set necessarily to to do the audit or to do the to to help um, rewrite the copy and um, they were sent on a course and they felt and that that was it that was all it took a course a two day course and they were transformed so that sometimes you know it's, it's as simple as that so that was a quick win so you do you do have to figure out what is the gap and what uh, and think it through how how could it be resolved there's no there's no one size fits all yeah and I guess it, like you said it's kind of tailoring it to your specific organization and you know your needs for for your team then and I was just picking up on something you said then which was around kind of um you know there might not just not be enough people on in your team to you know to do all the tasks so kind of how would you I think you mentioned some of it there, but just how would you kind of address that challenge if you have a small project team um, who has to fill, you know, these big roles? Um, how would you kind of address that or how have you seen that address well in teams that you've been a part of? So you have to be able to articulate what the problem is in the first instance and and um, and 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 try and make suggestions and say, well, if you know, if you don't fix it, then this will happen. So you've got to sort of outline the risk. And then try and offer offer solutions and yeah and bring it and you you will have to bring it to, to the sponsor um, and to, and there's only there's only a few ways around it really so either you get some people in one way or another you get resource you identify resource um, or you move the timeline or you, you perhaps you might leave some some activity until later you might leave some say say it's data data cleansing you might leave some data cleansing until post go live with website content for example on um, the website implementation I did, we just focused on, there wasn't time to rewrite all the website copies. So we just focused in on the certain pages. What were the, the, the big the big priority pages that they needed to, to have in place for go live and the rest they were gonna tackle afterwards. 
so it, it's just trying to think 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 it all through Billy what would you say yeah I, I agree with all of that I think um, it is tricky and we do um, come across it quite a bit like Helen says but I think yeah it's trying to look at that you know, there is always a solution so I think it's trying to work our way around to it and I think a key point on it is always trying to from our point of view is project that sort of calmness to the client so I think you know yeah you know there might be a challenge but I think for us it's always important to stay solution solution focused and be calm but you know work you know behind you know work with them to figure out what what the best solution is like Helen said it might be actually we have to de-scope something or push it to a second phase or you know it might be a case of actually no you do need to we do need to push them to get an extra resource in a project board or you know there is a danger especially if there's a, a hard deadline that if that's missed and that can put a bit of pressure on so I think it's us using our experience to reassure the client but working with them to look at what the solution is especially if it's around resource uh, yeah no I think that's really helpful and yeah just kind of you know bear in mind you know we have as you say worked on various projects before and you've seen obviously quite a few challenges of projects so it's just working with them I suppose to um, figure out the right solution for them um, but yeah just kind of conscious of time now um, for our podcast today so I guess I'll just finish off with um, a final question for you both if that's okay um which is if you have any kind of a, a top tip you would give to a client or um an organization looking um to embark on a project um for their project team and how to ensure it's successful really don't know who wants to go first kind of putting you on the spot here yeah. so <laughs> it's a good it's a good question i think I'll, I'll, I'll go first helen if you want um i think for me my my, my top top tip would be just you know make sure that you have the resources to do the project or you know enable um especially if you've got a, a person you think might be the client lead give them the you know enable them to make those decisions and take it forward so I think empowering a group of people and trusting them that this project will be delivered um I think is really important and don't try and rush into to doing it I think is, is the key I think the, the, the most challenging projects I've seen is when there's a it, it's almost impossible to deliver the project in the right amount of time so I think you know even if it takes an extra few months I think that's most important is to create a, uh, an environment where the, the project team feels empowered and they've got enough time to deliver the, the end result that'd be my top tips I suppose yeah I was I would uh, agree really it's all about identifying the right person the right person to be that that project lead that person is critical to the success of the project um, so they they need to have the, the full support of everyone around them and they need to be able to to dedicate as much time as they possibly can in an ideal world they were they would be they would be doing it full time that would be the best the best scenario in reality we know that that doesn't that doesn't happen that, that often um, but as much as much time as, as, as they possibly can to, to the project because then that will that will then free them up and they'll be able, they'll be able to, to hit that project running and they won't they won't feel conflicted with that with their day job and they won't they won't they're less likely to um get project fatigue as well. Yeah, I think they're really good points. Um or yeah, that particular point about an empowered project lead who has the capacity to to do the role that you ask of them. Uh, and the empowered part is really important because being empowered actually helps them to have capacity. If they're having to second check yes. everything and go, you know, go and refer everything up and down chains and cross, you know, left and right, then that actually is really draining for them, isn't it? So it's those two things combined, isn't it? 
find the right person, give them the freedom to, to be brilliant, basically. Yeah, like it. Great. Yeah, some really great takeaways there. So um, I think that brings us to the end of our um, podcast today. So I just want to thank you both Helen and Billy for taking the time um, to share that with us today. Um, hopefully we've got some really great takeaways there for our audience as well. So yeah, thank you. Thanks so much. So we really hope you enjoyed that episode with Billy and Helen. Um, it was really great to have them join us on this podcast episode um, and get their thoughts on leading a project team to success. Um, it was great to hear around, um, you know, the various roles that are involved in the project. And I really liked, um, you know, how the discussion topic of how to get the best from your team and really highlighting some of those key elements around trust, um, making your team feel valued and um, to really, you know, give them the confidence to give feedback and input into the projects and hopefully get the best from them. Um, was there anything in particular you picked up, Rob? Uh, I agree with you, I think, you know, how they describe the various roles in the team and making sure people have that kind of freedom to, to contribute, you know, so are engaged with it, um, really important making sure there's not too many people as well as enough people because capacity is a big issue but equally you need to be you know have a team that can make decisions and move forward in their areas um so getting that capacity right actually is a key point in there uh and then just i think one little nugget that billy almost chucked in as an aside towards the end which is that piece about our role and how one of one of the elements of our role is to reassure people there is always a solution whatever comes along you know particularly in implementation projects there's always stuff that comes that filled comes late and it's whatever it might be um and yeah very much so because of the experience the guys have got they're there like okay yeah you know yes it's a problem it's an issue but we can fix it there's always a solution it's just a question stay calm and figure out what the best solution is um so yeah really nice really nice point towards the end there as well yeah definitely so um that brings us to the end so if you did enjoy the episode be sure to leave us a review and subscribe so you can get notified of the latest episode don't forget as always you can follow us follow us on linkedin and twitter by searching HeartSquare, where you'll find loads more insights and content on leadership digital culture and capability we look forward to seeing you on the next episode <laughs>